T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome back to Hardline, our number two here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Joe Beamer, Brenda Alacy with you. And we just had NY27 candidate Chris Jacobs. Hopefully, not the last time we will see him in studio. Joe, I look forward to the debate between uh, Chris Jacobs and Nate McMurray. Or debates. Debates, plural. I think there will be more than one. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how Stefan Mihailu and Beth Perlato factor into this whole scenario. It will be. And it'll also be uh, interesting to see how National Republican Party uh, gets in play here. We've seen now some on Nate McMurray's side. We saw Ben Stiller gave money to Nate McMurray. Uh, which I found interesting. He tweeted that out. So we'll see how the Republicans uh, put support behind Chris Jacobs. I'm telling you, it would be awesome to see uh, the president, like him or not, it would be awesome to see the president of the United States in this district uh, taking part in the NY27 special election. Well, it wouldn't be the first time President Trump has been in the Buffalo area. I remember a few years back when there was talk about him running for governor, Joe. Remember that? Uh, he was at the Marriott. I think the Amherst Chamber actually uh, had brought him in. And I happened to be there and I was standing right next to him. Didn't get a chance to really talk to uh, President Trump, but uh, it was interesting to see him in person. Uh, I do think there will be some representation from Washington here, uh, Joe, because this race has really become a hot one. And I think it has gotten the attention of a lot of national media and a lot of national political pundits who are closely watching what's happening here. But it, it, it will be very interesting, the special election, and then regardless of who wins, the lead up to the actual election. Because right. remember, this seat, as every seat in Congress, is up in 2020 in November of this year. So it'll be interesting to see what follows the special election. I mean, obviously, I'm all in to see the drama over the next two plus months. Uh, but to see the after effects of the special election, I think will be interesting. NY27 will be talked about at least for the next year, just because <laughs> no of everything going on. Uh, so we'd like to know from you, 803-0930, what did you think of Chris Jacobs? What do you think of the NY27 race? And also, where do you think this plays nationally in April? Because as, I, as I've said, the primary... It, Chris said it, too. It could be down to three or four candidates. Um, So you'll have a lot of eyes on New York. I believe New York's part of three or four states that have a primary that night. Uh, But when you're watching the coverage that night nationally on CNN, Fox News, this will be on that screen. This will be uh, one of the ones they talk about because they'll, of course, somehow tie that to the president's reelection chances in November. Do you ever look back, Joe, and think it all started with a phone call Chris Collins made from the the lawn of the White House at the picnic? There he is in his white polo shirt, you know, uh, ready to go enjoy some hot dogs and hamburgers with a bunch of uh, Trump supporters and that fateful phone call he made to his son 
to get him to rid himself of that stock. Yep. And it all created this huge, huge mess. This all started about two years ago. And, and let me tell you, Brenda, the the night that he got, in, I remember the whole the day like it was yesterday. I mean, it was only two years ago. Uh, Aaron Katursky called us and said, hey, you might want to know this is going on. And that was during Sandy's show. And then that night, 7 o'clock, uh, David Bellavia and I hosted some special coverage on the indictment. That was, I think, August of 2018. It sounds right. I mean, it was a picnic after all, so it was definitely in the summer. And then think about if he didn't run for re-election. We wouldn't be talking about him by 27. Right. But he ran for re-election, and I think most of us knew he wasn't going to be able to serve the two years. And here we are, a special election. And if you're a Republican, it's a special election followed by a primary, followed by another election, all for this one congressional seat. It's... I'm very interested in this race now. I, I, it's How could you not be? I mean, it's fraught with so much drama. It's almost like a soap opera with all the different players and the way things have transpired and the it, tragedies of it all, too. And think about it. If it's like a football game, we're not even at halftime yet of this story. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but Brenda, I want to talk MY27. We'll take your calls, 803-0930, on the Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board, 3930. But I also want to talk about this week, Nationally, we saw the rise of Michael Bloomberg. I think before this week, he had a very strategic, a very interesting strategy, right? So many things had to fall in place for him to be a viable candidate the first time he's on the ballot, which is Super Tuesday. Well, not only did that work out where you have Bernie Sanders as the front runner, Michael Bloomberg, obviously the anti-Bernie Sanders Democrat, but you've also got chaos in Iowa with the caucus. People are still talking about that. I think a lot of people wish they weren't if you're on the Democrat side of the aisle, Uh, but people still talking about that. Another caucus coming up in Nevada, which is going to have a lot of questions. And this week, maybe it was just me, no matter what I was watching, there were Michael Bloomberg commercials. You saw, if you turned on the news, Michael Bloomberg was talking in Tennessee, in Alabama, even South Carolina, where he's not on the ballot. You see him all, all around this week. Yeah, last night, I'm watching the Virginia Tech game. Of course there's you were. A, there's a Michael Bloomberg advertisement. I'm watching well, How I Met Your Mother on Hulu. There's a Michael Bloomberg advertisement. So it looks like he's paying his way into this field, and the field's wide open for him to do it. Well, when you have such deep pockets, incredibly deep pockets uh, as he has, and he said he's going to come out and he's going to buy as many commercials and get the message out the best he can. The other thing, to your point, Joe, that, and you know, I mean, we've been working together now for several months. I've said all along, I don't think Joe Biden will be the Democratic candidate, and I don't think Biden's heart was ever in this race. And the other big story for me was the absolute debacle in Iowa and now New Hampshire for Joe Biden. Uh, Joe keeps running, but I don't think he's going to be the guy. That, to me, is the other big storyline here, which opens it up for people like Sanders, Klobuchar, and now Bloomberg. So over the weekend, they on CNN, they had a road to the White House where they document certain uh, presidential races. And one that was on late last night was Dukakis versus uh, President Bush, or at the time, Vice President Bush. Right. And who was in that documentary was Joe Biden. If you remember, he ran in the primary uh, before the scandal of him stealing someone else's work in college came out. And the enthusiasm he had when he was talking to supporters and, you know, the Biden Express, the train that that carried him compared to what we see this Joe Biden, 
I'm starting to finally see what you're talking about. It doesn't look like... Now, obviously, you're talking about a younger Joe Biden, but he you could tell he was all in his interviews. He had a lot of enthusiasm. And this time, it kind of seems like someone said, Joe, can you please run for president? That's the feeling I had all along, Joe, because they couldn't seem to find anybody else that, that excited the party. And I still think that's the case. I, you know, Bernie is so left-leaning that I don't think... Uh, moderate Democrats can support him. Right. Um, Amy Klobuchar, I think, is gaining some traction, but she doesn't, in my mind, have a lot of charisma. And it's uh, when she's on camera, it's like, well, take it or leave it. You know. Um, but you would think that you know she's a senator. She's from Minnesota. You would think that whole flyover country, that Midwest appeal, yes, but it would looked- really. But it doesn't. I, I, she does seem to be gaining some traction, but I think it's taking longer than she had hoped. Because I think. She was going for that Midwest appeal that was going to show in Iowa, but Pete Buttigieg is getting the Midwest appeal. Yes. The governor, I'm sorry, the mayor of South Bend, he is getting, a, he got a lot of um, momentum out of Iowa. He had a strong second place showing in New Hampshire. So I don't think anyone saw that he was going to be this viable heading into Nevada where he could walk away with a few delegates. Who would think a guy who's 30-something years old, represents a small city in Indiana, has come out and said he's gay, would have this kind of appeal. Um, But he has a lot more charisma than Amy Klobuchar, at least for me. Yeah, and I think that's why he showed so well in Iowa. He showed extremely well in New Hampshire. I mean, look what he did in New Hampshire, a guy from Indiana. Now, a senator from a bordering state couldn't even get 10%. Right. So it was very interesting how that worked out. We have Nevada next week, then South Carolina. Now, South Carolina could change this all around because what's Joe Biden been pointing to to get his campaign back on track? He's been saying South Carolina. He was in South Carolina primary night in New Hampshire. That's right. He left. There was no one at his headquarters. He left suddenly, went down to South Carolina. He did a rally in South Carolina. So... South Carolina for Joe Biden could be like South Carolina was for Jeb Bush. It's do or die for Joe Biden. I think it's die, Joe. What's it, your prediction? I think he will live to see a Super Tuesday for this reason. Michael Bloomberg's not on the ballot in South Carolina. He does appeal to, the, I think Joe Biden has the appeal in the South more than a Bernie Sanders, than a Pete Buttigieg or an Amy Klobuchar. So I think he'll struggle in Nevada. And that's why you don't see him there. Uh, But I do think he will do decent enough on South Carolina to say, I'm in this through Super Tuesday. I think Super Tuesday is when you see him finally back out. Yeah, I think the time is coming very quickly. I don't even think he's going to do that well in South Carolina. Well, you know what? I've been, uh, Brenda, so far on this, I've been wrong two straight states. So we'll see if I can go for three and four. You know, and certainly it's hard to predict because there are so many things that can happen that you can't anticipate. But there was something about him from day one that, to me, just did not ring true, that he didn't have that real fire in the belly. And think about what they have to do, Joe. They're flying all over the country. They have to, you know, be in their A game for their speeches and to meet people and to say the right thing and make sure that you don't say the wrong thing in today's 24-7 social media world. I think a lot of people also look at Joe Biden. I can't remember where I heard this on Friday. He was in a room of maybe 10 people. And he was reading off a teleprompter. Oh, boy. You've been in politics that long. You can't ad lib to just a small group. I think that's another thing. You look at Donald Trump and love him or hate him. President Trump doesn't need a teleprompter. I saw him in Rochester early on in the 2016 primaries, and it was all off the cuff. And guess what? That's what his supporters like. I think you turn around, you see a guy around the same age 
President Trump, and then you look at Joe Biden, and he's struggling to talk to 10 people. Right, right. No, and, and that's President Trump's appeal. I think you're absolutely right about that. And look at what he did, you know, how he had the post-impeachment press conference where right. he was acquitted. He held up the paper from the Washington Post, and he revels in that. And to Again. me, that's part of his sort of, you know, media showmanship that he's always been in front of national uh, audiences when he was doing his reality shows and when he was in the New York City media all these years as a real estate developer, that's his comfort zone. Even though Joe Biden's been in politics his whole adult life, that's not his comfort zone. Yeah. And, and let me tell you, that press conference probably should have only been a half hour, but that's just my opinion. All right. We'd love to hear from you. If you're on hold, we will talk to you as soon as we take this break here on Hardline. Welcome back to Hardline here on News Radio 930 WBEN. It's Brenda's Bumps today. Brenda's Bumps. Did you like that one? I like this one. I like the last two. I didn't. I didn't not like the Sinatra one. It just always reminds me of all the. Oh well, yes. It's how music has that connotation, right, Joe? It's that instant connection. You know, but if you like the Bumps, folks, let me know. Eight oh three oh nine thirty. Because poor Joe takes a beating here on the Bumps a lot of times. Friday, I deserved it. So it's a matter of taste too, right? It's very subjective. Friday, I deserved it. Let me tell you, Brenda. I even said before the show, if you don't like my Bumps regularly, you are really going to not like the Friday show Bumps. It was all a. Love related for a Valentine's Day. Did you do a little Barry White? Oh, I started the show with Barry White. I didn't get any complaints on that. It might have been the Spice Girls I played in the third hour Uh, that got the most complaints. Um, But it's interesting about music, and I, I hate to go so far off topic here, but you know, you hear a song and it places you in certain times. Style by Taylor Swift for some reason places me at my old job in retail. Just doing like I, I uh, when I was on the receiving dock, and every time I hear that song, I'm back. It takes you back. Yeah. I'm back at uh at the Triple B, uh, uh, working retail. You know, <laughs> not the Triple D with Guy Fieri. No, that's right. Which is one of the best Friday marathons, by oh, the way. Absolutely. Uh, yesterday, or what am I saying? Two days ago. Two days ago. I noticed ago. he was on. And by the way, speaking of great marathons, did you see the Breaking Bad marathon? I I, I watched Titanic on. Oh. So Friday, we, we, we stayed in. We did a very l- laid low on uh, on Valentine's Same Day. Same here. And yeah. we, we watched Joker. Now, I'd seen Joker. I'd watch it again. Katie hadn't, so we we ordered uh, Joker on Amazon, and then after, like right as it ended, Titanic started on AMC, and I saw the commercials for it's the quite, Breaking it's Bad. It's quite the uh, the divergent movie choices there, Joe. And we went to what uh, Danny South. We got Danny South uh, delivered, and let me tell you, it did not disappoint. Did you get chicken wing soup? I did not. She had the beef on weck. I had the buffalo chicken wrap. Healthier choice, probably. They were, they were well, the fries dipped in blue cheese. Oh, but wow, you know that's what? another story. You know what? It was a great just night in to celebrate Valentine's Day. Very nice. We, we kept it low, too, low key. And we had, uh, my husband picked up food from our favorite Greek place in Kenmore, the Plaka, which I introduced to Sandy, and he loves it, too. So we had some Spanakopita and souvlaki. It was very, very good. I don't like to go out on Valentine's Day. No, you know, we did it, it last it's year. It's like New Year's Eve to me. It's like. No, thanks. We did it last year. We were a newer couple last year. But, you know, you, you did that. That's fine. And I talked about this on Friday. You just, you're always on edge, right? Okay, were the gifts okay? Okay, were the flowers good? <laughs> now is dinner okay? I don't want to slip. Did I? Do I have anything on me? You know, now we were just- Spinach in your teeth, that kind of thing. You know, we got each other a, a little gift. You know, I still got the flowers, obviously. But we just laid back. We laid nice. back and, and, and relaxed because, A, it was really cold. And then you have your reservation. You wait in line. 
all that stuff. So it, it was great, and um, I look forward to doing the same next Valentine's Day. Very nice. All right, but we are talking about the Michael Bloomberg's rise in the polls or just rise in the Democrat primary. It seems his strategy is working out. Also, what did you think of Chris Jacobs? He joined us in the first hour. If you missed any of that, it'll be on demand at noon or... You can rewind on the radio.com app to 10.06. Right now at 11.26, let's talk to John in Rochester. John, good morning. Hey, Joe. Hey, Brenda. Morning. Welcome. What's on your mind, John? Yeah, I, I uh, listen to Chris Jacobs, and uh, I, I tell you, I've been impressed with the guy. I, uh, I'm a, one of the lead, on leadership committees for the National Federation of Independent Businesses, a small business, national business group in there. New York State. I'm on the leadership committee, and we've met with uh, Chris Jacobs in Albany a number of times. And I've always been impressed with his uh, uh, attention to detail. When I when we when I ask him a question, I, in fact, the he mentioned the scaffold law, the labor law 240 241 to try to reform it because it's antiquated. Uh, he I I presented a case for it, and he asked some pretty tough questions on on the not only the pros but the cons. And I was kind of impressed with that versus just say, oh, yeah, that's great, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so I, I, I think, uh, number one, he's an intelligent guy. Number two, he, uh, he takes it very seriously. I, I think one of the things that I've noticed, though, Robert Ort and uh, Stefan Mihailu, those two guys have a lot of charisma. And, and uh, Chris lacks that a little bit, but he's a very competent guy, and, and I'm sure my two sisters and Niagara County will vote, will vote for him. You know, John, it's interesting you say that because when you engage with Chris one-on-one, he's a very likable guy. Wouldn't you agree, Joe? You know, I, I thought he was engaging and he's fun and, you know, off air, he's talking. He, he's not a stuffed shirt by any no. means. Does he have the same charisma as those other two? Maybe not, but um, he's not a dullard by any means. No, and that's, that's one thing I always look for when you have someone in here is, will they interact off the air right. or just stare down at their phone or talk to someone else? And, and Chris was uh, interacting with us off air. And I have to say, to be fair, Nate did the same. Yes, he did. Um, yep, they both did. Yep, but this was this was my first time meeting Chris Jacobs, and I have to say, I, I um, I have nothing negative to say. You know, John, and he is well educated. He has a law degree uh, from UB, and he. What I respect about him is that he wasn't in the sexiest of positions. He was on the school board. He was the Erie County clerk. You know, those aren't real glam positions, but I think he paid his dues. And if you're looking at qualifications, and he also worked, as he mentioned, for Jack Kemp when he graduated from college uh, back in the day. So he has some experience in D.C. Um, and it's a it's a tough go because he's working in Albany. He's back here. He's campaigning. Uh, his baby is just over a year old. There's a lot going on. It makes you wonder, why are you motivated to do this? But at least from what I could see today, Joe, I thought he seemed very sincere in his intentions. I got I to gotta say... Uh... Uh, he definitely is, and and the thing that bothers me about Nate, Nate seems, Nate. I, I mentioned it last week. In fact, he seems like a P.T. Barnum. He's a sales, he's a sales guy, and he doesn't seem uh, that sincere about some of the things he says. It's almost like uh, sales and whatever. And the one thing that bothered me about uh, a couple things bothered me about Nate McGurry. One was remember that counter protest he organized against uh, Trump. Uh, right last, last year in Bidwell Parkway. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and that, that bothered me. Uh, he, uh, 
attracted, number one, this was a peaceful protest put on by, I, I think, uh, Russ Thompson and that group. And he organizes this counter-protest with attracting some pretty radical leftist people, and uh, they were looking for a confrontation. And Nate was, I heard Nate on the air being interviewed, he sounded very confrontational. And he looked confrontational. Remember, the, he had the sleeves rolled up on his shirt and blah, blah, blah. Anyways, that kind of bothered me. But uh, I, I, it, Nate's a good, I think he's a good guy, but uh, definitely... Uh, not not suited for this job, especially uh, in uh, the congressional district twenty-seven. Well, let me ask you, John. That's an interesting point. And Nate is a bright guy as well. He also has a law degree and works at Delaware North, or uh, he did. I'm not sure if he's still there. But uh, I'm glad you brought that up about Nate being kind of a showman. Do you think that that's what it takes to garner attention when you're in such a heavily red district like NY twenty-seven? Well, yeah, I th- I think that's what he needs to do, uh, but. It, it, you know, in my in my uh, perception of it, it comes across as being not that sincere, and I think I'm probably not the only one that looks at looks at it that way. All right, John, thank you so much for the call. That opens up a line for you at eight oh three oh nine thirty. We are a minute late, so let's get updated with Neil McNair. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Ennis. Obviously, one of Brenda's bumps. Yes, yes. I gave it away there, right, Joe? Just that alone, you knew. Second Stevie Nicks one here for the, because uh, we did, you can talk to me. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Look at you. So, always been a huge Fleetwood Mac fan. So, that's thank right. you for indulging me. And Corey Griswold doing his best back there behind the glass. Thank you for finding all of those bumps. And to you, we're, our lines are open. We're here till high noon talking politics, 803-0930. If you missed the Chris Jacobs interview, he was on uh, for a full hour from 11 to 12, and it's available on radio.com. It is available on demand, or as I've been saying, use that cool new feature that's popped up, the rewind feature. You can rewind up to 24 hours back in time on the radio.com app. Pretty cool, let me tell you. Uh, one thing I wanted to say before we get back to the calls, John was talking about you know charisma, personality, and I think something different about this race than the last time NY27 was up is you have Nate McMurray and Chris Jacobs. We've had them both in here. I think they're both pretty likable guys. You know, They talk on and off air. Uh, they're very open. They're good with eye contact, which is very different than in 2018, you had Nate McMurray, who is very personable, like him or not, he's a personable guy, he'll talk your ear off, and Chris Collins, who is the complete opposite. Right. Um, so I think that's one thing, not going to play a part 
this time around. I think Nate McMurray was really close in 2018 for this district, as, as red as this district is. But I think you factor in the indictment, and then people think, well, he's not the most you know, personable person. He not a warm and fuzzy guy. Warm and fuzzy. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm looking for. And I think that helped Nate McMurray in 2018. Well, those are two things he's not running against right. this time. I do think... The fact that it's on April 28th, the same day as the Democrat primary, and the governor knew what he was doing. Of course, yeah. That is one thing that Nate McMurray has in his favor, and Nate has nothing else going on. Nate gets a campaign 24-7. You have Chris, who has to be in Albany and campaigning, so a very busy schedule for Chris Jacobs. Two things he'll have to overcome, the Democrat primary and his schedule. You know what's uh, that's also very quirky, Joe, is the fact that this is the third Chris. Now, if Chris Jacobs wins, he'll be the third guy named Chris. Very wealthy guys. It was Chris Lee, who resigned in disgrace because of the uh, topless pictures he posted. Then it was Chris Collins. We all know that story. And now Chris Jacobs. Really funny the way that all shook out. He would out. be the, the, third, the, the third of four of the last Congress people would be named Chris. Right. Because remember, Kathy Hochul was after Chris Lee. But her good friends call her Chris. <laughs> oh, do they? Okay. Well, I see what's going on here. 803-0930, star 930. What did you think? Let's go to North Tonawanda and talk to Rambo Jim. Jim, good morning. Hello, Jim. Yeah, yeah. You guys there? Yeah, we're here. Are you there? I thought we were disconnected. I'm sorry. My mistake. That's all right, man. What do you got for us? One. I don't think blue. In fact, I, I, I can go, I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to say I know for a fact Bloomberg's money is not going to help him with the people that live in flyover country and go and go to Trump rallies and watch the Trump rallies on television. His money is not going to make a debt in Trump's people. That's I know that to be a fact. Second of all, something nobody's talking about, and I've noticed this when I go to work out. I pull in the parking lot and I see all these plumbing and heating and air conditioning trucks, brand new trucks, by the way, parked out in the parking lot. And and the guys that are driving these trucks are these young 20-something millennials that have got these jobs. I guess their boss lets them use the truck to go work out. You know, they work their workouts in between their work schedule and everything. And, they're, you know, there's this image of, of the millennial, oh, they're all living in their parents' basement. No, they're not. Some of them have got good-paying jobs, and they're very happy. Memberships to health clubs. Are they, You think they're polling? They're showing up in the polls? You guys think? Probably not. I, and I think you're right about that, Jim. There is a bit of a misnomer when it comes to millennials that they're entitled. They're living in the basement. They're not doing anything except you tell know, me about it. Gazing at their navel. <laughs> Here's a hardworking millennial to my right here, Joe Beaver. Hardworking millennial works do, six days a week. Last time I checked, I do not live in my parents' basement. <laughs> um, you know, uh, I have a work ethic. That, but, but I do think there are millennials out there that. Give millennials a bad name. Oh, yeah. You know, because if you compare them to the generation before, there is a higher percentage that do still live with their parents in their 30s. Uh, There is a higher percentage who don't have a full-time job. But as Jim said, Jim, I don't think they're they're, um, in these poll numbers. I, you know, I'm 31. I've been polled once in a pre-election poll, and that was for the county executive race just last year. I got a call sometime in August 
who I was voting for and you know all the questions they ask after that. Well, I'm not 31, but I work with a lot of millennials, and uh, many of them are very socially conscious, Jim, and so I think there is something to be said about your theory. Yeah, and I'll tell you something else I've noticed, like working out with them, there's this image, oh, they, they, they can't stand baby boomers, but when we're working out, they're very friendly, very helpful, very positive. I think this is, some politicians are going to be surprised. So nobody said, okay, boomer to you, Jim? Huh? Nobody said, okay, boomer? No, no, they, <laughs> they, don't, they don't actually say, see that. But I mean, like, um, the, uh, if I was working out Friday afternoon, and these guys had this bar, I know it's a different kind of bar, and you hang, you hang the weights on the end of the bar. Uh, they were two millennials, these young guys, and, and I said, hey, I never did it that way. They said, well, come on, work in with us. Nice. It's nice to feel included and part of a team. And So, Jim, before you go, uh, who do you like in NY27? you think Chris Jacobs can take it? I think, yeah, because there's just no way that uh, a gun-grabbing guy like McMurray is going to win anything. I mean, I think Mickey Mouse could run against McMurray and beat him in NY27. As long as Mickey Mouse is not for gun control and abortion and other things like that. I just don't... That's that's just conservative Trump country, and they'll go with Jacobs before they're going to go with that. You know, some guy like McMurray that the the, and the NRA can't stand him. All right, well, Rambo Jim, thank you for the call. Opens up a line for you at eight oh three oh nine thirty. In a regular election, I think this would be a very easy. Uh, victory for Chris Jacobs. Yes, but in I, a regular election, you're right. It, but you know, I, I'm thinking, and I've gone back and forth in my mind over this. Okay, yes, there's the presidential primary. And we saw the Republican primary canceled in South Carolina. Most likely, one person's already dropped off. I think by New York, Trump will be running unopposed. Um, but with all the media attention NY27 is getting, my only thing is, are people going to say, am I in NY27? Because yeah, there's still times when I get to the polling place and I have to remember what district am I in, you know, and I don't know until I look at my ballot. Are there going to be voters out there who should be at the special election going to their polling place, but forget, oh, yeah, that's well, me. They've, they've probably been inundated with a lot of direct mail, I would think, Joe. I'm, I'm hoping, yes. Yeah. Um, and two, we shouldn't uh, forget that Beth Parlato has said that she she has vowed to continue her campaign into the June primary. So is there a, a scenario where you could see the conservative line with Beth, the Republican line with Chris, that perhaps they split and McMurray gets in because of that? Is she going to be on the ballot in the special election? I thought she was... She's going to be on in the June... In the June primary. primary. So, so can, would she perhaps create enough of a split that McMurray ends up getting in? That'd be interesting to see. I, I, I don't think... If, if Chris Jacobs wins the special election... Um, I think he will have the upper hand, obviously, in the primaries. And then are people going to want to risk losing that seat in the November election? Right. I think is what it, it comes down to. Um, but, hey, anything can happen anything in the primary. Can happen. Anything can happen in politics. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> no look question. what happened in 92 <laughs> with, uh, with the independent. Uh, Russ, Russ Perot. Russ Perot. Russ Perot. Okay. Yeah. Good. I haven't lost my mind. Um, Another little short guy, too, by the way. That's right. Who... Yeah. Um, who a lot of people say is the reason Bill Clinton won in 92. Yes. But that was a little before I can remember things, Brenda. 
It was only well, like, that's because you're a 31-year-old millennial. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's right. right. Uh, we have <laughs> one segment left, 803-0930, star 930. Jacob's first McMurray, what do you think? And what do you think of the Democrat primary as Michael Bloomberg all of a sudden seems to be a viable candidate heading in to Super Tuesday? It is Hardline here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Welcome back to Hardline here on News Radio 930 WBEN, the final stretch here on a Sunday. Joe Beamer, Brenda Alacy with you. Nice weather out there, Joe. Not too bad for a February Sunday. We'll take it. Tropical compared to what we had Friday. (laughs) Yes, it is. Oh, my goodness. Let me tell you, Friday was all... We live in Buffalo, but I'm I'm walking... uh, I was walking Tucker on Friday, and I'm thinking, we did a whole month of this five years ago. Right. And, and was I could brutal. barely get through one day of it. We did it for a whole month. Funny how you adjust, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it or is. try not to adjust. 803-0930, NY27, the Democrat primary. Michael Bloomberg, uh, heavy ad rotation now. It seems like no matter what you're watching, there is a Michael Bloomberg ad. Um, from what I'm hearing, there will be a President Trump ad during Daytona 500. I'm guessing, because of what we saw in the Super Bowl, there will also be a Michael Bloomberg ad. I would think so. We'll, it seems like he's everywhere. He is. He is. We'll have to wait and see, though. Let's go over to Pendleton and talk to Kevin. Kevin, good morning. Good, good morning, folks. I just want to just let them know there that Nate McMurray has a very, very good chance of doing this. And the reason for that is because only 5,000 votes separated him and Chris Collins the last time uh, when 5,000 of us voted for neither of them. And what is happening is that with the depleting populations, the individuals who are leaving, well, and NY27 are more the conservatives and, and registered Republicans. And uh, so that's the reality that you face. So Mr. Jacobs has an advantage where he's able to pull from all sides of the electorate. But again, uh, this race is for the Republicans, you know, it is they are the ones who to make the dif- make or break the difference whether they win or lose it. So um Nancy Pelosi made the, the, the comment in AOC's district that a glass of water with a D on it will win in that district. So uh, <laughs> uh but as far as uh NY twenty seven is concerned, let's just just hope it's not a Buffalo wing with a D on R can win the race out here. But really someone with integrity and someone who will really be serving the people. I hope it's that situation. So that's but, my two cents for that. Kevin, Kevin, let me just ask real quick, though. I mean, that was a very different situation where you had Chris Collins under indictment. Mm-hmm. Do you think if that if Chris Collins wasn't under indictment, I think there'd be a lot more votes separating the two candidates? Yes, you're quite right, a lot more. But now it's it's. I think it's very, very even because look at the registration um the, 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 the numbers in the registrations between the Democrats and Republicans, especially in the Erie County area, they outnumber the Republicans. And um, right now, there's a great chance that people are so turned off, a lot of people may not even vote. So um, so that's the, that's the work um, both Beth Palato and McMurray and Stefan that they have on their hands right now. He's trying to convince the individuals who, who just made their minds up that they're not coming out to no vote for either candidate. Right now. You know, Kevin, Chris Jacobs addressed that issue, too, and you probably heard him say that since President Trump doesn't have any real opposition, 
people may stay home. That you know, there's no incentive for Republicans to come out, thereby making the uh, the the hill a little bit higher for the Republicans to you know gain that seat. Yeah, you're quite right. So I, I think we, um, and right now in both houses and both the Democrat Party and the Republican Party right now, look, even with the choice of Mr. Jacobs, we have seen that some some um, you know some unhappy. Um, feelings from even former candidates for then right 27 and um, including Mr. Mahayu and um, Anort and also among um, individuals who are still Republicans they, 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 they are not very happy and um, so I hope they don't let that overshadow what can happen here in April. So I say you know support Mr. Jacobs if you, you are a registered Republican and then you have you still have choices you know for the primary so um, that's that's what I say is they should do. But right now in the Democratic Party too, there's some rumblings going on in there also because you have uh, I know a lot of good Democrats out here who are definitely not the EOC type and they have to try to win back their party right now. So um, that's a great opportunity for independent thinking persons to, to to come out and support or even get involved in races at all levels themselves. I think this is a great opportunity. To- all right, Kevin, thank you for the call. That's Kevin in Pendleton. You know, that's another thing I'm looking forward to after the special election. And let's just do a what if. If Chris Jacobs does win, Nate McMurray, for the second time in this district, loses. Does Nate McMurray run in November again for a third time, or do the Democrats put someone else on? I think it'll be McMurray. McMurray again? Yeah, only because, Joe, there's been so much invested in him and all the name recognition and all the things leading up to that. I think it would be difficult to throw a whole different name into that scenario. Yeah. It, like I said, I'm all in on NY27. You know, a few months ago, Brenda, I didn't even want to mention it. I was so sick of talking about it. But now it's it's really a three-part thing coming up, as we mentioned. Yeah. You've got the special election, you've got the primary, and then the election for the two full years, hopefully, in that seat. So it'll be very, it's, I use this word a lot, but it's interesting how this is playing out. For me, this is the first time I can remember a special election like this getting this kind of attention. Well, the circumstances are like something out of a Hollywood movie too. You yes. know, the different players and the different actors. It's uh, very interesting to see how it'll shake out. And it, it certainly is great fodder for us to talk about, to get the opinion of our listeners and to uh, see what happens next. There's never a dull moment, it seems. And to see the national attention yes. move in again to Western New York. Right. And, and we said this off the air. We even mentioned it on the air. Let's see if this race is close enough. Who from the White House might show up in NY27? And who would have thought, you know, being such a red district that there would yeah. be any kind of attention brought to, uh, our way? But I do, I would fully expect somebody to come, if not the president himself. I think some high-ranking, you know, Republican um, office holder will certainly come by and talk about uh, the need for Chris Jacobs in that seat. Yes, but oh, can you imagine a, another Trump rally in New uh, York? Uh, uh, Western New York? I'm ready for it. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Hey, it's been a great show, everybody. Brenda, I hope you have a great week. Thanks. You too, everybody. Stay warm, and thank you so much for listening. And obviously, I have to put the plug out there. Tomorrow, 9 to noon, I am in for the legend, Sandy Beach. So if you are enjoying your day off, or maybe, like some of us, you have to work tomorrow, tune in 9 to noon here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Also, if you missed any of the Chris Jacobs interview, it'll be on demand 
in about one minute. Also, if you missed anything from last week, we had Nate McMurray on the first hour of Hardline. That's available on demand at WBEN.com, as well as every interview from during the week and Sandy Beach and Tom Bowerly here on News Radio 930 WBEN. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. See T Mobile.com. 